Hey guys, and welcome to the Strong Tower Mental Health Podcast, where you will be inspired, encouraged, and transformed with powerful teachings and real stories of mental health. This podcast is not a substitute for counseling. If you are in a crisis, call or text your local crisis center or visit suicidepreventionlifeline.org. Jesus is in our mental health, and freedom is where we start. I am your host, Heidi Mortensen, licensed marriage and family therapist. Get ready. Today's show is going to bring you hope. Hello, and welcome to the Strong Tower Mental Health Podcast. I'm your host, Heidi Mortensen, licensed marriage and family therapist and Jesus lover. I'm excited to be here with you today to talk about how to have difficult conversations. Last week's episode was on why do we avoid them, how we can step into being more courageous, what are the problems with avoiding them, and why we avoid them. And so really is kind of bringing in that courage for you so today we can step into the kind of the nitty-gritties of the how-to and how does that actually look. So I thank you for your support with the podcast on the different social media platforms. Please make sure to keep giving me feedback and letting me know of different topics that you would like to hear. So let's pray. Holy Spirit, we just welcome you right now. We welcome your presence, Lord. We just surrender everything to you. We thank you, Lord, that you are near, that there's nothing that we need to do to make you love us more or to be more near. So turn our attention to you. Turn our attention to your presence. You are right by us. You're right next to us. We thank you, Lord, that you give us courage. You give us hope. You give us peace. You give us the words when we are with our loved ones, our people in our workplace, our friends, our family, Lord, wherever the conversations that we need to have that are difficult, Lord, that you are right there with us. But most importantly, Lord, that we are transformed into your likeness so that we have confidence and courage when we step into these conversations. So I pray, God, that you guide me to speak exactly what the listeners need to hear today. We pray all these things in your name, Jesus Christ. Amen. So this presentation, I would say presentation um, that I'm giving today, I actually gave at the University of St. Thomas in Minnesota, um, I think in 2018 or 2019. It was definitely before COVID. Um, And I presented to about 250 family business owners on how to have difficult conversations. Um, It was very interesting because I think that as professionals, a lot of times, like we think we're good at having difficult conversations, um, but the reality is when it comes down to it, having difficult conversations mean that we need to be comfortable with being vulnerable. Because if you listen to last week's episode, I talked about that we can't control how other people respond. We don't know how they're going to be. So really good leaders are comfortable with being vulnerable. They step into that place of being authentic and they're not afraid of that. Um, a good book to read is Dare to Lead by Brene Brown. And she really talks about this. And some of what I'm talking about, I actually take from her work today. Um, so the very first thing with having difficult conversations is rumble with vulnerability. Okay, so con- conflicts are different. Conversations are difficult because we don't know how they're going to turn out. The outcome is unknown. We don't know that. 
But being able to learn how to be able to kind of rumble with that and know how to handle if somebody is super emotional, okay, or if we get really emotional and shame starts to show up for us, we can have the skills to be able to know how to handle the uncertainty. And God gives us this confidence, but I don't feel like a lot of times Christians know how to do this. I think this is kind of one of the passions why I'm even kind of doing this podcast is being able to bridge mental health in the Bible and how God wants us to be able to be confident in these situations. You don't avoid your emotions, but you've got to be able to learn how to rumble through them when they go up and down. So if you do step into a hard conversation else and you're like, oh my gosh, my heart's beating. I am starting to think like there's something wrong with me. I did something wrong. That's shame. Okay. We like, whoop, we go into shame and we're in this place that feels super icky and uncomfortable. We have to learn how to rumble with that. Okay. So just because you're feeling icky and you're feeling shame and you don't like it and you just want to get out of the conversation or yell at that other person, that's not going to help the situation. Okay. So being able to learn how to rumble with it and be like, okay, I'm prepared for this. I know this might happen. Okay, let's take some deep breaths. Nope, that's not who I am. You know, and you're able to quickly be able to rumble through it and just say, huh. And I'm going to, at the end of the episode, I'm going to give you, give you some rumble starter conversations, some tips that you can use when this happens. Um, so the second thing that you need to do to have hard conversations is you need to be clear. Clear is kind. Unclear is unkind. Um, and this also increases trust when you're clear. All right, so here's like an example of being clear. I think sometimes they're thinking, well, aren't I clear? Why not? Why would you even bring this up? Well, being unclear is like, go do that over there. Or I need that, you know, I need this done. Just make sure to get that done. Okay, so then you ask somebody to make sure to get that done. And then three days later, they're like, why didn't you get that done? I told you to get that done. And you're thinking, well, yeah, I'm working on it. It's not done yet, but you didn't tell me when it needed to get done. But they're unclear with the deadline. And now they're angry with you because you didn't get it done in the magical three days that they didn't tell you that's in their brain. They weren't clear with you. Okay, so that's actually unkind. So a good leader, good communicator, having hard conversations is being able to say, can you please get this done? I need it in three days by noon or whatever. Give the details. Okay. And it's the same thing like at home is with parents or spouses. A lot of times we'll avoid these difficult conversations because we just don't want to deal with how the other person's going to respond. So we just kind of don't go there. <laughs> we don't talk about it. So it's better to just be clear, even if that other person will get upset. Okay. How they respond to you being clear and being assertive with something and just communicating it, that actually is not your problem. But if you're kind and you're clear and you're saying, here's something, you know, I got to go to this meeting. I know it's, let's say you're saying this to your spouse and they, we either need to get a sitter or they, or you have to take care of the kids that night. I've got a meeting that I have to go to and you got to be clear. Like, this is what I need. Will that work for you? You know, and you're, instead of just being like, well, this needs to happen and you know, maybe, maybe we'll need a sitter, but I think it should be okay. Like you just kind of gloss over it. That's not going to happen help. So we have to be clear and we need to communicate the details of things. Um, so the next thing with how to have hard conversations is using empathy. So this is really an important technique to use because it increases communication. It increases connection and it increases trust. 
unfortunately, we're not good at this because of the first one that I said, which is vulnerability. When you are truly empathetic towards someone else, you actually have to connect with vulnerability within you. Because let's say somebody loses somebody and there's a death that happens and you wanna have empathy for them. Yes, maybe you haven't lost somebody of that importance in your life similar to them, but what you have to be able to do is recognize grief that's in them you've got to recognize grief in you. So it would be, wow, gosh, I'm so, so sad with you right now. Man, you must really miss that family member. You know, and you're, con you're connecting with them. You don't go in the hole with them, but you connect with them with the emotion. That's what empathy is. Empathy is connecting with the emotion, okay? Empathy isn't, oh, I've been there. I lost someone too. I know it. No, 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 no. That's not empathy. That's actually you now moving into your story, and bringing the connection to you, that actually is a way to kind of detach from it. And so we need to stay connected to the emotion of what it is that they're feeling and what's going on for them. Um, Simon Sinek has an awesome video on empathy, on bringing in empathy even in the business, um, really talks about the power of it. Um, so it's important to be able to do this um, in our businesses and then also in our families. So even with our spouses, being able to just um, move beyond just validation, which is I hear what you're saying, to actually using empathy. This is really, really good with hard conversations, especially when the emotions get high and they're maybe that's they're angry, they're frustrated. You can say, I, I, I understand that you're frustrated and I, and I, I see that. You, you may not like that they're frustrated. You might not like that they're angry, but that doesn't change the fact that that's where they're at and that is okay. Just like if you're angry, you want somebody to be able to say, I see that you're angry and that's okay. That's all right, let's just sit in that for a second. I, I get it, you're frustrated. And we just sit in that moment of like, yeah, okay, I get it. And as you do that, when you use empathy, you can validate what they're saying, you can use empathy with the emotions, the intensity of the conversation will go down because when people feel heard, they can start to access now the wise part of their brain instead of the emotion part of their brain. When we don't feel heard, we just skyrocket. Okay, I see this a lot with adults because as children, their parents would often just say to them, well, you just need to do that and that's it. They, they don't give an explanation of why, they're not clear, they don't tell them. Not that they're bad parents, but it's just this kind of where a lot of people grew up with parents just saying, because I said so, well, kids need an explanation and that explanation helps kind of fill in the gaps and decrease anxiety. And so when you're now having a hard, trying to have a hard conversation, a lot of times those old, you know, triggers from the past of when you were a kid of not being heard and not being seen just start to, to get triggered. And so here you're trying to have a conversation with a spouse or a boss, you're getting triggered because you're not heard because of what you grew up as a kid when it's not their fault, but now it's coming into this conversation and you're ineffective in this conversation because of your triggers. And so you have to learn how to use empathy, rumble with vulnerability, and be able to, now the next one is have, have self-compassion, okay? So we need to have compassion for ourselves and be kind to ourselves when we are having hard conversations because we are not always perfect. We don't always do and say the right things. And we can't control our emotions either. Okay, just like I was saying, like in hard conversations, we can't always control how somebody else is gonna respond. 
we sometimes don't know what our emotions are going to be. This is why it's important to learn how to rumble with vulnerability and have compassion for ourselves. In Luke 7:13, it says that when the Lord saw her, he felt compassion for her and said to her, do not weep. And so Jesus has compassion for us. He's living inside of us, which means we are to have compassion for ourselves. And in Matthew 15, 32, Jesus called to his disciples to him and said, I feel compassion for the people because they have remained with me now for three days and have nothing to eat. I do not want to send them away hungry for they might faint on the way. And so Jesus had compassion for the multitudes. We are to have compassion for ourselves, for the person in the conversation that we're trying to talk to, because it's not a conversation that we can avoid. We need to be able to have the conversation. So if we don't have compassion, then we're going to move to shame and to frustration and to more anger. Now we're going to struggle to get through the conversation. So the self-compassion, the love that we have for other people, the love we have for humanity, for just people in general, is going to help us to carry the weight of the difficult conversation. All right, so the next one, the next thing that we need to do um, to have difficult conversations is to get curious instead of making assumptions. Again, this is a Brene Brown thing. She really talks about getting curious instead of making assumptions. And so making an assumption, we do this a lot of times. Um, we make assumptions because it helps kind of fill in the gaps in our brain with something that we don't actually have information about, but we just say, well, I think that because they're not answering me, that must mean that they don't like me and they're mad at me. So we like make this assumption, but it may not be true. Or we might, might make an assumption that they don't like you, they're judging you, and the whole family's judging you. The whole family's talking about you. We can like make an assumption and then we can make that assumption fact and that we can make our choices based on that fact that we think is true. But it all started with an assumption. And so getting curious means turning to wonder. And so let's say somebody isn't responding to you for some reason. Let's just turn to wonder. Hmm, I wonder what's going on in their life. Okay, maybe it has nothing to do with you. It has something to do in their life. Maybe they are frustrated, but they don't know how to talk about it. And so being able to invite for a possible conversation can allow for some room for some compassion, for some empathy, and for some increased intimacy because you're going to have a conversation. Okay, and so the last thing that we need to do to have get improve in having hard conversations is to get good at receiving feedback. We will sometimes avoid having hard conversations because we don't want to know what the other person is going to say, do, feel. And sometimes we're just so busy, we don't have enough time. Like, I don't want to deal with that. Like, I don't want to deal with the emotions of that other person or the other situation. I don't want to deal with the emotions of me. I don't have time for that. Like, that's a lot of times what we can say. And even what I'll hear from businesses and families of like, I just don't have time to deal with the emotions around this. So I'd rather just avoid it. But what we're doing is we're prolonging issues that are eventually going to need to be dealt with. And so it's not effective for us to avoid these conversations. So to be able to get good at receiving feedback, we need to be able to have the skills, kind of this rumbling skills to be able to hold the tension and the discomfort 
that allows us to kind of care for someone else and have this attention to someone else, stay open and curious so that we can meet the challenges. So like, okay, I get that we have to talk about this and there's some struggles. I'm going to stay open. I'm going to stay curious. Tell me what's going on for you. And they might say something that's upsetting to you and you don't like, and you could just say, okay, I hear that this something this is something that you're experiencing. Tell me what that's like for you. You get more information instead of making an assumption and jumping to attack the other person. Okay, we so often don't give enough give, give people enough time to actually dive into processing through something that might not even be that big of a deal. But we make assumptions, we jump quick, and we're not able to even get through the hard conversation. Um, so the next thing in receiving good feedback is that we want to operate from a place of self-awareness, not self-protection. Okay, that means not being defensive, not thinking, well, oh, well, I did this, and I, I actually already did that work, or, or I, I already said that, or I, it's just this defensiveness. That is not from a place of self-awareness. Self-awareness is like, oh, hmm, I am aware that perhaps maybe I didn't actually communicate the way that you were hoping huh, thank you for letting me know. Like you're aware, like because you're connected to you, you know, because you're spending time with Jesus in the secret place, he can help you and you can listen to the Holy Spirit to say, hmm, yeah, help me to know what's going on with me instead of this immediate self-protection and defensiveness. You want to be able to be comfortable with, am I the problem? Okay, you might not be the problem, but you got to at least be comfortable with it. Okay, most of the times we want to focus on the problem's the problem. People aren't problems, the problem is the problem. But you know what? Sometimes it might be you. There was a time in my business where I was not the most effective leader. And I had to get comfortable with the fact that I could actually be the problem. And when I was able to do that, and I was able to come out and say, you know what, guys, I'm really sorry if I'm not a safe leader. I'm sorry if I'm not showing up in a place that my heart is, is showing up the way that I want it to. And I was able to really be vulnerable and apologize, not in a way where I'm like crying and falling over the place, but really like a, I want to be a better leader. And they grew more respect for me because I was able to communicate in this vulnerable way and showed them that it's possible because it gave this increased safety that I was being self-aware and be able to identify like maybe I could be causing issues here. Okay, and the next thing is to shift the problem's the problem. Okay, instead of you are wrong here, you're the problem, you did something wrong, or someone needs to do something different. Um, so to something needs to change. Okay, there's a problem here. Okay, being able to do like in a business, do progress tracks, and in a family, like um, with couples, do different like weekly meetings where you're connecting and so you're able to have conversations and get through and hash out stuff. Because otherwise then the problems don't bubble up to be bigger problems because you're in that kind of processing through things throughout the week. Um, you want to be able to kind of develop different structured protocols for having hard conversations. Um, so if this is a marriage, I would recommend even getting marriage counseling if it's something that you're still struggling with. Let's say you've been married for over 10 years and you're having a hard time. You want to be able to at least get a hold of having hard conversations by that time. Um, take a marriage class, go to marriage counseling. It's good to be able to kind of get that in, in businesses. Hire somebody to come in and speak to your business. You know, it's just really good to get that outside feedback to be able to say, yeah, we need to be able to have some sort of protocol for this. Um, learn to be able to come back. So if you're too heated, you're too angry, say, okay, let's come back. Let's circle back. All right. 
that's something that you want to be able to give permission to each person for. Um, you want to be able to allow people to have feelings without taking responsibility responsibility for it. Remember before when I was talking about an example and somebody else will get angry because of something that you said, you have to understand that's not, those aren't your feelings. I see this a lot in families. This is where codependency is can really be an issue where if I say something and someone else gets angry with me or is frustrated with something that I said, then I'm the problem and I have to fix that because they're angry because of something I said. That's actually not the case. If I say something with my values, being honest, being kind, being clear, and somebody doesn't like what I say, and let's say I was rude, they can say, Heidi, that was rude, or I didn't like how you said that, or I'm not happy with that. Okay, let's talk about that. I'm sorry, I didn't wanna be rude. But if it really was me just saying, this is an issue, this is something that needs to be dealt with, and they're angry with me about the problem, I can't help that they're mad at me because of the problem. Remember, the problem's the problem. And so what I need to do is be able to know, stay in my lane, communicate what I need to communicate. And if somebody else doesn't receive that, I still gotta stay in my lane. Because what this does is this actually communicates, okay, I'm staying in my lane, I'm doing what I need to do, and there isn't this codependency that's created. This is actually where gaslighting can happen too. Where if people take responsibility for others' emotions, that's what gaslighting is, where you can, you know somebody else is responsible for your emotions. And in some families, this actually can be like this pattern where you're like, um, there's like this guilt that can happen in, in families where it's very unhealthy and there's a cycle where you never actually really know what you think or how you feel because it all is revolved around what everybody else thinks or feels. And so you never have this permission to just be you and even know how you feel. Like, how do I do actually feel? What do I actually think? Because you've never actually had that permission because it's just been this culture in your family to revolve around for example, how mom feels. We all just need to make sure mom's happy. Or let's say there's one sibling that's very loud and uh, maybe has some struggles and that can happen too and that's okay. But because the parents have allowed that one sibling to be you know, the controlling factor of where everything happens, you all revolve around that one person, okay? So even as parents, are you doing that as parents to any of your children, okay? If there's a child that has bigger behaviors or louder behaviors, We've got to learn how to parent differently and same in a business. If you have people that are working for you or if you're working for people, there's different personalities. We got This is where we have to learn how to be ourselves. We have to learn how to be confident who we are, come back to that place of peace, spend time with the Lord, be at peace, be able to know who you are and go to that secret place because there are going to be times when people have big emotions. And that's life. And if we avoid people's big emotions and not have the hard conversations, we won't ever be able to actually solve any sort of issue. And then we just keep having these perpetual issues. Okay, so having the difficult conversations are really important because they help solve issues. They help us to grow. They help us to improve. They're opportunities for connection and intimacy. So it's really important for us to do these things that I'm talking about today and allow the Holy Spirit to help you and to guide you. And then the very last thing is to really acknowledge strengths, to encourage other people. Because when you're able to receive feedback and know if there's something that you're struggling with, you can be able to see other people's strengths because you know who you are. Like I can talk about my weaknesses because I know my strengths. 
I'm more confident in that, that and I'm not shaking in my boots like I have been in the past because I know who I am in Christ. You know, it really takes courage to sit down and listen to somebody and let them have their emotions. And so I pray that this episode has been encouraging for you. I know that some of the things are a little bit hard and you're like, I don't know if I want to go there. Or, yeah, that's what I deal with in my family or my business or, you know, whatever that is. I don't want you to feel shame about that. I want that really to be an opportunity for you to go to the Lord with it and to say, Jesus, I need your help. She just pointed out something that I just realized I have going on my family or I'm doing myself. Help me with this. How do I do something about that? That's the first step. So God, we just thank you so much for the opportunity to communicate better with you, to have hard conversations, to see them as opportunities to connect and to grow, to lead, to change the world. God, we just want to be more like you. We just want to be little kids sitting at your feet, just being able to be at peace and ask you questions, find out more about you and the world and our children and our friends and our family. We just want the world to be a better place, so help us to be even that little, little bit that can make a difference. So God, I just pray right now for the listeners to step into this place of courage and strength to be able to have hard conversations, to break off any old negative patterns of communication that they have had, for them to step into a place of being able to be curious, to be able to listen, to sit with other people, even in their big emotions. That they are people of influence. You are a leader. Give us strength, Lord. Help us to have eyes to see and ears to hear. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Thanks for listening to the Strong Tower Mental Health Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts and subscribe wherever you listen. Your review helps the show reach more people and spread mental health awareness with Jesus at the Center. You can also check me out on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, or my website at HeidiMortensenLMFT.com. See you at our next episode.